People are fascinating, especially up close. More especially when you get them talking about the things that they love. This is From the Hip, conversations in the service of passion, purpose, and play. I'm Adrienne Gunn. You ready to play? Hey, theoretically, we're alive. I'm excited to see you. Are you excited to see us yet? Allow your excitement to grow. I'm Adrienne Gunn, and I am here with my friend. John Davidson. John Davidson. So I don't know if you watched or read ahead of time. The big news is John has been on our show before, and yet there's there's quite a lot that's happened. Our, I'm trying to remember Converging Healing Paths may have been yeah, the name I think so. of the last show. Well, we talked a little about how we both had challenging stories with health injury, potentially nearly dying, challenges. And that was a few years ago. And then it turns out that just John uh, fell off a fucking mountain. Fell off, fell, this so happened. I did it actually in response to our last show. (laughs) Sure. In which I felt as if your health issues were almost overshadowing mine. And I said, self, I will not stand for this. I will one up you. And I did. I did not standing. I, I will fall for this. <laughs> I will fall for this. So we called this. Yeah. Call, I called this show after the fall because it just. First of all, that's one of my favorite and most underrated journey songs, especially most underrated journey videos. By the way, after the fall, check it out. I don't know if you've heard that. No. Yeah. I, no. I'll sing it to you later. It's good. Promise. I we have totally, it. On. Yeah. You're my witnesses. Okay. That'll happen. But no. Ah. Uh, it's a terrifying thing that actually freaking happened. And technically, this is the first day we've seen each other since then. It is. And I I marvel at how you can be restitched together and be beautiful each time it happens. Congratulations. Well, thank you. This it's is all... not the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's what's outside that counts, you know. In here, don't know about that. Ugly in here, but yeah, this still looks good. <laughs> So, how long ago? That was last summer, right? June 24, 2019. Yeah. Um, fell about 80 feet, 85 feet on a mountain in Mexico. And yeah. Which was not an uncommon thing for you to be on a mountain. Oh, I thought you meant falling off the. Of... Well, yeah, that part's uncommon, <laughs> truly. Yes. Right. But for you to be on a mountain and climbing and out in the world. Yeah. I mean, I guess my humble brag is I've climbed like 71 mountains over 14,000 feet and never, I mean, had an incident and I know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And maybe that caused me to overlook this mountain a little bit. I'm like, oh, it's like this little paltry 9,000 foot mountain that I was actually climbing in preparation. We were going to climb um, Pico de Orizaba the following week, which is the tallest mountain in Mexico. Wow. 19,000 some um, but obviously that did not happen. No, and I was actually keeping abreast, all abreastuses of your <laughs> your journey, because because we had talked. Can we say a mammary or something a little more? <laughs> when I when I reach back into my mammary <laughs> of that time, <laughs> I hope you can hear. That was a real teat for all you. <laughs> uh, we had talked about your challenges with Lyme in our episode before, and I think before you were on the mountain, you were having nerve challenges or pain or things going on. Like, yeah, so- You had challenges before you even hit this mountain. I was having these weird um, 
kind of neurological symptoms where my hands would be super weak or sore or just tingle all the time. And I'd actually been to a few uh, doctors, gotten a cervical spine MRI, gotten a brain MRI, nerve conduction study, which is horrible, by the way. I don't know if you're having one of those. They like stick needles in different parts of your body and then they sh like pump you full of electricity. Like it's like a step below the electric chair. It's great. Oh, yeah. um, don't recommend it. Uh, but yeah, they never found out what was going on. And by the time that I had left for Mexico, we'd booked this trip like months before this stuff started happening. And I was starting to feel a little better. I actually had a, an appointment with a neurologist in Mexico booked as well, oh. just to get a different op opinion. Um, but ended up uh, seeing some different doctors instead. So, yeah, but yeah. So, and everyone's like, "Did that have to do with your fall?" But it really didn't, like, right. at all. And what happened was this boulder, or like a part of the cliff face that I went to grab onto as I was walking on this ledge. Um, just a massive outcropping of rock that looked solid, looked like the you know, Prudential logo. It's just like yeah. And I grabbed onto it, put all my weight on, swung myself around, and the rock just came out of the cliff and took me down with it. And that is the last thing I remember. So. Oh man. You don't you don't remember the falling? No. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> part of me like it's cool how the brain will like shut down any memories of trauma yeah. ostensibly for your I don't know for your mental well-being totally but there's a part of me that's like I wonder what goes through your mind when you fall off a cliff and I don't know yeah well in my background in hypnosis and like NLP and stuff and it's like it's it's probably in there it's stored in your yeah. computing setup but it's really sweet and nice if your mind and nervous system be like uh, I don't think he's gonna yeah. like this show <laughs> Let's change the channel. Probably some profanity. Yeah, it's probably, you know, it was censored by my own brain. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. When, when do you, when do your memories start from that? Like four hour, four or five hours later, I would say. I was wow. still, um, maybe like four hours, still waiting for search and rescue to show up. Like things were really foggy. For a while, I didn't really understand the magnitude of what had happened. I knew that I was laying there, um, kind of just in the woods, and there was blood everywhere. And the one thing that I knew for sure is that my back was broken. I'm like, I don't know what it feels like to have a broken back, but I'm pretty sure this is it. Yeah. I couldn't, like, there was no position that was comfortable. Like, I was trying to sit like this, and I wanted to lay down, but anything that would touch my back was just excruciating. Yeah. Um, my whole head was kind of just hanging off like this, so that was fun. I'm trying to, you know. Do you like literally? Do you have sense memory of that? All those things you're describing right now. Definitely of the back, yeah. Yeah. The head, I like it was all wrapped up, so I don't really think I realized until the rescuers got there and they ended up taking that off, and then I like felt it kind of flap down, and um, yeah. And so then I, I remember vividly remember being strapped to like a gurney yeah. carried back on this trail and every time they would set me down because it was a super rocky trail right. they would set me down on my back usually on a rock on the trail and i'd just be like you know scream or whatever and um remember the ambulance ride two hour ambulance ride and then it's about all i remember because then i got pumped full of a bunch of drugs oh. and sent into surgery so sweet so yeah. like how long was the walk in before that happened it, it was only like an hour maybe. So it was like 
uh, basically you drive up this 13 mile road from Tequila, Mexico, up this giant shield volcano called Volcan de Tequila. Yeah. And you get to the end of the road, hike like a two mile, mile and a half, two mile trail to get to the base of the final like little summit pinnacle, which is where I ended up falling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. Did anybody like, maybe this is weird, did anybody like go back and take pictures that you hadn't taken of this spot? No, um, no. <laughs> it's just not like, there's plenty of other things to be concerned about at yeah, the time. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know your family was able to go down. Yeah, my dad and sister showed up like two days afterwards, which was awesome. I don't, I remember them being there, but like the old Dilaudid brain, I don't remember much. Apparently I was lucid and we like talked about things and used words and stuff, but <laughs> I don't know what those words were. Fair. Okay, so CJ and I, around this time, we were editing some episodes that are only now just getting posted. <laughs> Un unexpected hiatus world. And I, I remember I kept, like, we kept updating each other, like, oh, here's what I see on Facebook. What's going on with John? Because we were, everybody's sort of, like, edge of seats, someone's in another country, what the heck. And you were down there for, like, three weeks before... So I was in the hospital in Guadalajara for two weeks, I think 13 days or something. And then uh, they did not realize the extent of my injuries at this point. Um, they, which I don't, yeah, I don't okay. mean to discredit the Mexican healthcare system because once I got back to the U.S., they also failed to recognize. Um, so at first they thought I just had a punctured lung, which they went and put a pleural tube right here, reinflated it drained it. I had this tube hanging on me for like five days and they knew I had a bunch of broken ribs. Um, they didn't think my back was broken and they didn't think my sternum was broken. Interesting. Um, and I was looking at the CT with the doctor speaking in Spanish to him. So there's no like, you know, lost in translation and everything. All right. Well, there's something about a microphone, but I don't understand my microphone. I'm reading CJ sign language. Something about a neck. My neck? Whose neck? You just tell us. It's from the hip. Is your mic muted? Me? The whole time? Yeah. Better you than me. Boom. Totally. Totally muted. <laughs> Am I a human with a voice now? Well, geez. At least you didn't hear me go to the bathroom 30 minutes ago. <laughs> So, yeah. huh. so you're looking at the CT. That's where we yes. were. You're looking at the CT. And I can look at my own body and it's like sticking out like super weird. Not out of the skin, but like protruding. I'm like shaped very differently up here now than I was. Every breath is excruciating. And I'm looking at the CT and it's like weird and like sticking out like this. And yeah. I'm like, this looks broken. And the doctor's like, no. It's like it's just swollen and you've torn a bunch of cartilage, which is what you're showing or what you're seeing on the CT. I took a total of five CTs, um, failed to recognize my broken back, broken neck, broken sternum, broken hand, broken knee. So I get back to the U.S. finally um, after my, so you can't fly with a punctured lung, turns out, because mm. you, you can die. Uh, important. They want you to have air in your lungs. and yeah, yeah. So laid in the hospital, or laid in the hospital for two weeks. Then I just pretty much like kicked it in a like hotel bed for another couple of weeks until I could fly home. 
uh, on a regular flight, which was probably the worst pain of my entire life. Yeah. No joke. Um, I'm like, I'm a crier. Okay. I cry like happy tears, like beautiful songs or waterfalls, sure, but sure. like, I don't usually cry from pain. Right. But I was just sobbing on the plane like a baby and it was... Did, did people like come up and want to hug you and help you? They don't. No. Or they, were they yelling at you like people just do kind on of like, planes for babies? I feel like they just thought I was maybe going through some like... Because I mean I was still like you can see some scars here yeah. and I was like stitched up but like my face was intact. Right. And so like even though I mean, my legs are covered with scars, got scars everywhere but I didn't look... I probably... They thought I was just going through some like mental yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I flew home. And then doctors here uh, took more CTs, discovered um, the broken back, finally, which I've been, which I'd known from the yeah. get go. Yeah. Discovered the broken sternum. Still didn't discover my broken neck, knee, or hand, even though I went in and I'm like, look at my hand. <laughs> I can't move it. This finger is like this big and purple. Yeah. Like, what do you think is happening? Like, my thing is this. Yeah. If you fall off an 80-foot cliff, doctors should assume like that everything is broken and then yeah. go from there. Right. You know, like it's not like I'm coming in just complaining of these mystery like aches and pains. Like wouldn't you assume like, hmm, let's make sure we Also, what would be the cost of assuming that something's broken and then finding out it wasn't? You right. just you just like fix it in a particular way that it heals more easily? Right. Like you put a cast or what do you do? Did they put casts on you? What happened when they finally realized that no, things were broken? I had no casts. Um, the hard part was, <laughs> so they couldn't even put me in a back brace. Well, for starters, once they discovered my broken back back in the U.S., they did not notice that my T8 was a three-column fracture, which I didn't know what that meant, but basically all three of your spinal columns are completely broken through uh -huh. and so they're they didn't find that out for another like month and a half until some some radiologist was or some like ct tech was just revisiting my files and was like you need surgery like now immediately because at first they're like oh your back's broken looks stable everything's fine it'll heal on its own and then right. like a month later they're like you should be paralyzed right now um, the only thing holding you up are your eight broken ribs and your muscles. Like, and I had, it's not like I've been walking around really. I was in a wheelchair, yeah. mostly couldn't really walk on my knee and everything hurt. And I was yeah. in bed a ton. Um, but yeah, so at that point, then finally had back surgery and, um, which was September 10. Yeah. That was not that long ago. Yeah. And they couldn't put me in a brace after surgery either because of my broken sternum. Right. So, yeah. When you go to brace the sternum, it braces, or the brace puts pressure on your back. When you go to brace a back, it puts pressure on your sternum. Right. That sounds complicated. Yeah. So, kids, don't break both sides of you at once. Right. It's bad. So, essentially, you're being held up and pieced together by the cartilage and muscles, and you're the meat sack part of your meat sack <laughs> for months. Yeah. And even though you're like, hey, this is broken, people are like, meh, over and over and over again. Yeah. I remember there was like this countdown or count up, sadly, 
of broken bones. Of broken bones. <laughs> what was the final count? 21. The final count. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. She'll be here all night. Yeah, yeah truly. Well, this is, I live here, so. So, yeah. I'll be here a lot of the nights. I wasn't lying. I mean, maybe you're going somewhere tonight. I don't know. I, don't I want am. To assume. Technically. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go to Seattle. Uh, tonight? Mm-hmm. Nice. Like you do when you go to Seattle. Yeah. I like going. Sure. Wait till like 8 p.m. So it takes three hours down. instead of nine. Yes. Yes. That is my, that is my, that is my thinking. I'm using my kidneys there. <laughs> so 21 bones. Yeah. Okay. I can't imagine that that is a, 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 an inexpensive adventure. You've had a lot of adventures. Yeah. In your um, life. I mean, yes and no. Thankfully, <laughs> Mexico is a lot cheaper than the United States. And after the fundraisers that my friends like graciously threw for me, I only had to pay about about 10 grand out of pocket for all of the Mexico, Mexico bills. Wow. Um, so that was super awesome. And then... Here, uh, your deductible gets burned through pretty quickly. Sure. So, basically, free back surgery, which no way. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd already like had a lot of health things before the accident, and so really, <laughs> yes, yeah. So it all worked out. I mean, all that nerve stuff ahead bad. of time meant free back surgery. Right. I don't know if that's the best uh, path for someone else to want to take. I will neither confirm nor deny. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'll let you be the judge of your own path. Yeah. Um, I will say that in the fall, I actually, I used to have two bulging discs in my neck. And you may have read this on social media, but one of the bulging discs that just had a cervical spine MRI in May, and it was there just bulging away, two of them. Yeah. Uh, after the fall, I now only have one bulging disc. So if you're looking for a revolutionary treatment, for your bulging disc, fall off a mountain. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> that, um, I mean, don't try that at home. Try that. I don't have a mountain at home. I wouldn't even. Fair. Yeah. I wish no. I did. Be sweet. That's hilarious. And also, I suppose advantageous. Unbulging now, this disc. Yeah. It's apparently, my uh, C5-6 is, looks like a baby's, just a nubile. Potentially, it just means that, like, I remember in the past hearing that you're not so fond of chiropractors, but maybe they just weren't pushing hard enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to try something different here. Sam. Okay. So, my guess about such a situation is just, it's just a stretch. And I don't know. It's been many months of different levels of reflecting, I'm sure. My sense is that you probably have different feelings about your life now yeah i do um i mean as we've talked about it's like i think that a very simplistic way of looking at things is saying and you have not said this by any means but like when people are like there's a reason for everything i'm like yeah that logic just doesn't like hold water when you think about things like the holocaust and you know yeah. Or on a much smaller, I'm not comparing my accident to the Holocaust, but in the case of my personal experience, like this fall, yeah. I believe that you can learn from everything, but it's not like there's some overarching reason, whether God or the universe being like, yeah, let's do that to you and just just see what happens, you know? Right. Like, yeah. So I feel like a lot of lessons that people maybe learn through trauma 
I'd kind of already learned through biting my tongue off and Lyme disease and torn Achilles and, you know. Yeah. I mean, this was obviously like, you know, this part of my language, but trumped everything that I'd been through before. Yeah. And it definitely has like, I guess, renewed those lessons in my mind, you know, sure. like I'm, I think I will travel more this year than I ever have before just cause I don't know. Yeah. Not climbing any mountains. Not yet. Mom, if you're watching, <laughs> but yeah, sure. I mean, it definitely like, I would say what I learned through this more than anything else is like that I want to be the kind of person that so many people in my life were for me. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't express my gratitude enough, you know. Obviously the financial help was awesome, but also just so many people come into my hospital room, come into my house when I was just lying in bed waiting for surgery, you know, bringing food. Like I had people that, two people would show up at the same time with dinner because they hadn't told me that they're bringing dinner. And yeah. they were like, what are you doing here to the other person? And they'd be like, oh, bringing dinner, oh, cool, so am I. Like, you know, I just at one point when my parents were out, my like so many people had brought food that my entire fridge and my little mini fridge were completely full and this is like september you know and so my dad's like well i'm just gonna you know put this perishable food out on the patio <laughs> and i'm like dad the low is like 64 tonight you know it's not like it's winter out there and it's like well it's cooler than in here i'm like three degrees cooler maybe yeah. like but literally had to throw food away and gave some to you know some homeless people on the street and yeah but it was just my love language is quality time and so many people came and just kept me company made me laugh like we're just really there for me and people that you don't expect sometimes you mm. know like there were and i'm not gonna name any names people who maybe you really didn't know that well or you know were casual friends with but you weren't like super close with you know but like yeah. A few people that I really didn't expect to came over a ton of times. And then there were people that I did expect to, you know, that didn't. Mm -hmm. So it all evens out. But, like, I want to be the kind of person that shows up for people in a tangible way, you totally. know? Not yeah. just, like, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you know? If you are anything like me, like, actions speak way louder than words, you know? Totally. Well, and you've done... So, well, we were talking last time about how when you were being John the musician, how you would specifically show up and talk to people in the audience and actually connect with them. Not, there's a lot going on in those worlds, but like one of the things that you cultivated was connections with a lot of people. And I, I was noticing that this is a, a space for all of those people to sort of give back to you. And I felt very sad that your this time for you was happening at a time that I was so booked i was like i don't know how to wander over no, there i wasn't and I was like, like no, I'm, that's no, 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 like, no i'm letting you know that that was a guess thing. who didn't come to my house oh, I <laughs> I yeah yeah but i was just i kept checking in late at night i was like ah what is going on in this adventure because i i, I wanted there are times i get to show up for people and i do and i was like ah fuck i want to show up for you and i did love seeing the support there for you that, that felt heartening and um heartening yeah, I was hoping that that was something that you could just appreciate, that you weren't in too much pain to be able to appreciate yeah. that happening. I was definitely heartened as well. And I mean, the pain, the pain was rough, but like, I don't know. 
you learn to compartmentalize it. It's like the only way you can do it. And yeah. I mean, I have a deeper appreciation for, not appre appreciation was the wrong word, but a deeper amount of, I guess, sympathy for people who are addicted to opioids. Like, because mm -hmm. Dilaudid was the only thing that got me through this. And I'm thankfully off of all painkillers now. Yeah. I take ibuprofen once in a while. It's amazing. You know, which is awesome. But like, there were a couple of months there where, you know, and well-meaning people would show up with turmeric and essential oils and CBD. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. That's super sweet. I need Dilaudid. Like, <laughs> I'll use these things too, but I have been and they're yeah. not, you know, like on their own, they're not going to solve the pain of 21 broken bones. But, but yeah, you just have to kind of like learn to live with the pain after a while. And like, Again, my heart goes out to people who are addicted to opioids. My heart goes out to people who have chronic pain. Like, yeah. I had chronic pain for eight months. Right. But some people have it for their entire lives, yes. you know? And I'm still, my pain's at like a one or a two all the time, still. It's totally doable. Like, I don't understand how people live their lives with as much pain as I had for a short period of time. Like, so much respect. Yeah. No, and that's what I was sensing. Like, I, I had excruciating... Balance condition is a weird sort of pain. It's just so constant disorientation. The version I had, it was only three months. It was excruciating. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, like the, the, the diagnosis that I'd had, you, like, I think 50% of the people, it just goes away and they don't know why. And the other 50, it's permanent. I, was like, I could not imagine that as a permanent life. Right. I was, but then it's also ridiculous how much we can kind of put up with and then all of these moments of connection we get to have in the middle of these right. terrifying times. Well, and to that point, it's like a lot of people were like, I don't, you know, I don't think I could go through what you're going through. Like, it's amazing how strong you've been. I'm like, A, I don't feel like I'm being that strong. But B, when you're in it, you don't have a choice. <laughs> yes. Like my choices are go through it or end my life. Like those are my two choices yeah. and I don't want to end my life. So I'm going to go through it. Yeah, fair. It's you don't know how much strength you have inside you until you need it. Definitely. I'm gonna check in just in case. I don't know if this will happen. I'm gonna see if anyone. There's a theory that we're live, and maybe people have made made comments, but uh, I... no comments or questions. Okay. So we're on track. I. But since it's live, I thought I should at least check in. Oh no! Now we can see ourselves. Do you see us? Angry face. <laughs> That's you just. Watching me do the thing, and here's here's how delayed it is. You're fixing your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Crinkle, crinkle, little shirt. The um, uh, saints or sinners, or like take no prisoners, <laughs> find you after the fall. I don't know. If you sang it. No. Uh -huh. I it helps if you can get it at the beginning. Is it bad that like Don't Stop Believing yeah. turns me off so much that mm. I pretty much ignore the rest of their catalog? No, it, it would be sensible for the the time period. So I, I'm weird because my parents were playing top 40 in the 80s. So my musical tastes are 10 years different than they should be. 10 years vintage. Like, so I, I have similar tastes as somebody who's like 10 years older than me. And my first memories are because my mother would sing Journey in the band, a bunch of the songs. So Don't Stop Believing is literally my first memory. Because I'm in the backyard 
plucking <sighs> rhubarb, singing Don't Stop wow. Believing as a little like kid by myself playing in the air. I don't know how you've turned out as well as you have with right? that <laughs> as your formative, like, yeah. you came online to that. Yeah, so we went from like, Journey was great, and then Journey was a joke, and then Journey was kind of um, clever and great again, like after The Sopranos, and then Glee over Journeyfied Journey. Over Journeyfied. did it at karaoke, and now karaoke is what, sick of it again. Right. Yeah. And it's also, it's, dude, what's his, what's the dude's name? Is Steve Perry. Perry, or what's the new singer's name anyway? Oh, the new, the yeah. little dude. Anyway, they have like ridiculously high ranges, yes. and most people who sing that song at karaoke do not have said requisite high range sure and they have single-handedly tried to ruin my life have you not tried these journey tunes before they ruined it well, could this be a different I don't have level a of it. i don't have that you would i don't have that full voice yeah, yeah. you have a lovely falsetto <laughs> stop <laughs> i don't know if i set up the, the gain stage for that but we'll Did. see later <laughs> Sorry. No, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I super, super tangent. I mean, it's slightly related to us after the fall. Yeah. But yeah, well, it's also a sad thing. just talking about terrible things in my life. You know, the accident journey. Fair, fair. So, yeah, and pretty I, much on par. I hold it pretty well because it's not my first uh, dance with journey being a punchline and hated. Actually, this is my second time around. With I that. referenced my hate for Journey in my book in 2013. So this is not some like... <laughs> this is not new news. I hate... Yeah, I think I have your book in the other room. Yeah. Mostly I just hate Don't Stop Believing. I mean, like, just that one? Yeah. Okay. But like, I hate it so much that everything else I hate by proxy. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. It is an interesting vocal quality to have, though. To like, to be singing that high but have the lower overtone and resonance. Low overtone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, musically, it's not the worst, I mm, think. Mm -hmm. Lyrically, hold on to the feeling. Here's the thing. Good one, guys. Nailed it. The lyrics are not great, but what's interesting about Steve Perry, well, what's interesting about the band, that I think I have a goal. And I think, the, actually, I think the theme song of this show is the first time I, I, I wanted to have a hook that wasn't the chorus. Okay. The thing that people do with Journey is they will sing the guitar parts and they will also have some of the... Yeah, like the different... Yeah. Also, I feel like half that guitar part is just the vocal melody like copied anyway, so... Yeah. True. Real original, guys. But how many bands have these instances where, where like, people know the drum fill and people also sing in the guitar parts. I think that's a quest. I think I'd like to have a song where people not only know my chorus, right. but they also sing the other bits or hook. One could argue, I mean, and obviously pop music sells, but one could argue that those parts are known because they're so simple and like try, who knows like a Rush drum fill or a, a Treyu drum fill? No. You don't. No, unless you're like the drummers. Right, exactly. Like sing you but like, part. you know, Journey drum fills because it's like one snare, two toms, cool. Fair, fair. I don't know. Like Night Ranger. Yeah. What's your prize? Yeah. yeah. See? Yeah, Motorin. That was, that was Motorin. You gotta look it up. It's a weird, weird song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so are you musicking right now? I, yes. I have started to play shows again. Yeah, you can feel your fingers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Everything is deal. working well. I lost all my calluses. So I have like smooth little baby bottom hands. <laughs> Want to touch them? I do. Yeah. Aw. That's so it's weird. It's a year away from the axe will do for you. That is so weird. I know. Yeah, I still have, like, this one has some moment of callus, but I've lost a lot of my callus, too. I feel like I might even launch my fingertip modeling career before I start playing shows again, just while I can. Just the tips. Just the tips. Just for a second. <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I actually, actually haven't thankfully heard that before. <laughs> so, Same. Yeah. Good. Good. So you're playing again. I think yeah. you have a show's coming up soon. That's exciting. Yeah. Got a show the 14th of March in Portland. Got one in the Dalles in April. I mean, this means not only can you feel your hands. This means that you can also breathe. Yeah. So I still, I don't have all of my lung capacity back. Okay. And the pulmonologist is like, you may get it, you may not. So, okay. but it's like 90%. But I still notice, like, so I played, my friend Connor was, I don't know if you saw this. But I did. I know yeah, the punchline to this. He was body surfing in Mexico, and he, freak wave happened, and he broke his neck, had to have spine surgery in Mexico. And so anyway, I was playing at his fundraiser in Portland, because obviously he's a rad dude, and if anyone can understand kind of exactly what he's going through, it's me. Yeah. So Spine surgeries in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thankfully he is back. Uh, in California now. But anyway, I was like playing this show and like trying to hit some high notes, trying to like hit some longer notes. I'm like, oh yeah, I see now. This might be time for you to start doing like. Or what? Like like hip hop, like just rap. Oh, true. Moments of rap. Faster, yeah, spoken word. Cadence. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe not the, the super long notes ones. Don't know. Could be a weird thing that creates different musical choices. Yeah. No, that's true. I'm trying to like make it a positive thing. <laughs> Forget that. I'm just like, it could be weird and interesting to see. Polish the turd that is my lung. I don't know. I think artistry is weird. Like they talk about like creativity coming from constraints and you might accidentally come up with a new weird thing you do. I don't know. I just, I, only with you, not other people. Right. But you're just like really creative. Thanks. I mean, it is amazing to like hear about certain artists that have what others might consider a handicap that you know like i just found out uh like one of the guys from x ambassadors is blind i had no idea oh really yeah wow and i love them but yeah he's blind that's nuts which would be less of a detriment than being deaf i would imagine for music yeah truthfully yeah i think what's also fascinating i think there are a lot of people who get a lot more life out of their life and so you're you're still like you're I did kinda... just bought a little cheap condo. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Do you still only sleep about four hours? Uh, four to five. I'm, yeah, I'm pushing five. I mean, that's these kind days. of been an always thing for right. you, right? Yeah. So those people who are like do more with you know remember the like navy and the army we can do more by six a.m. than other people or right. whatever or is it noon? I've just for just, me or just I think for the, the army. army thing was like we do more by noon than, than everybody else or something. I get the sense that you cram a lot of life in your life. I do. And I think that for whatever reason, I don't want to get to the end of my life and feel like I've wasted time. Mm -hmm. It also can lead to like maybe me cramming a bit too much into my life at times. Sure. So there's always that balance. But I definitely, A, I mean, obviously life is short. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen. 
but even if, let's say, obviously I could die tomorrow, but even if I don't die, I could, you know, I'm not going to go on any more mountains tomorrow, but like I could get in a car accident. I could, my quality of life could be drastically altered again. Sure. And yeah. none of us have any guarantees about that. Disease, cancer has, you know, claimed some of my friends and family and yep. just, we never know. And I don't, let's say I am healthy and don't have any more tragic accidents. I still don't want to wait till I'm like 65 or 70 to where I can't live the life that I want. And so, right. of course, you also have to be financially prepared for the future. And so, like, I've worked my butt off for, you know, 15 years to try and create some passive income yeah. through real estate that gives me the chance to not have to be behind a desk. I mean, I still work remotely and do a bunch of stuff on my laptop wherever I am, but like, I don't want to, and I don't want to criticize anyone who chooses to work a nine to five sure, for sure. 40, 50 years. Like I just, I can't do that. And yeah. I don't want to do that. Well, and it's an interesting thing. So we met, I was 28, I think, 27 or 28 when we met. I think you might be like five years younger, four or five years younger. Not sure. Am I younger than you? Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Look at this youthful face right here. <laughs> I'm the youngest person on this couch. Hey. Jen, where's your cat? But you've been on that path of creating, wanting to create passive income for a very long time. Got in on the, it's so funny because I, I hang out with a lot of entrepreneur types who are trying to figure out passive and residual income. Mm -hmm. And they're in their like 40s or whatever when they start learning about this. And you've been secretly like playing rock star. You were playing rock star and then secretly building like stability, which is not, I don't know if you've ever played Rockstar, you know, people are playing Rockstar. It's very rare for people who are in that world to be actually building foundations for their future in, right. in the way that you did. Uh, and there are tons of people like, oh, like, taking, I have a friend who's actually literally right now taking real estate investing classes <laughs> to create passive income so that he can be traveling and, and doing what you're, like you've been doing it a while. And it's, I mean, it's not all roses. Like, spent six hours yesterday installing some baseboards and trim from flood damage at one of my rentals. And, yeah. you know, there's, like, always something wrong. Tomorrow I have to drive out to the Dalles and work on a staircase, you know? So it's not like I just sit back and collect all this money all the time. Truth. But, like, yeah. I have always said, just, I've learned as I went. I never took a class. I've made mistakes. But I've just learned that, like, if you are patient and flexible with real estate, it is, in my opinion, the best investment you can make, period. You know, like I bought my first house right before the market crashed and all my friends who had done the same were like freaking out, short sold, blah, 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 lost money. Yeah. But you never actually lose money on a house until you sell. Truth. So yeah. hung on to that house and now it's back up to, you know, 180, 200 grand more than I paid for it in 08. Yeah. And patience. Patience. Absolutely. Well, and it's sort of like patience and adventure. So as you're going, you're like, patience is easier when you reward yourself with things like travel. True, for sure. <laughs> and like living adventures. I think you've got a bunch of your travel videos are on YouTube now. Yeah. How's that been? It's fun. I don't, I mean, I don't know. They're, I love making them. I don't kid myself into thinking they're like the highest quality, but I literally just like take my phone and shoot footage whenever I travel. And yeah, I want to like, if there's one thing that I want to do with travel, it is hopefully inspire people to do it because right. I think it is the single biggest thing that you can do for your life. 
you learn perspective, you learn other cultures, you learn to appreciate what you have, but also to recognize that America isn't, you know, the only country with cool stuff and we don't have everything figured out and just meeting beautiful people everywhere and seeing beautiful things. Like, I don't think there's any better way to like, not only educate your mind, but also like change your heart. And, And so show people what, you know, Cyprus looks like or what Luxembourg looks like or places that, you know, everyone's like, cool, I want to go to Italy or right. France, which are awesome places, but like, go off the beaten path, explore, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, life is short. <laughs> the, the, the sad punchline in my head is like, sometimes you fall off a mountain, <laughs> but usually you don't. Most of the videos that John is sharing, yeah. the ex- most experiences when you travel or not, aren't, regardless of what of his other friends who are also breaking their necks and spines. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> no, I love it, though, because um, I think you also are including people. You just, you're just part of Airbnb's like adventure travel thing. What, what did you create? Yeah, I just launched um, an Airbnb experience. So, yeah, basically people who... It's called Hiking Oregon Secret Waterfalls because they make you pick a name that is actually descriptive. You can't have a... I wanted to call it, well, I'm actually not going to... Just in case we'll you can't later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I had this brilliant idea that um, I'm just... I'm gonna... <laughs> Where do I put it? Where should I stuff it? <laughs> keep, keep it here. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, it's just a little superstar. What's up with the CJ finger? In the distance, I occasionally from my kitchen get a CJ right? finger. Yes, he, he scrunched up near his microphone. Is that what you were fingering? Nope. Okay. Different thing. Oh, I have this new element. Uh, there's this bowl. Are you able to reach it? Yeah. Thank you. All right. It's not your favorite right now. Okay. So it's called from the hip. Okay. These are our rapid fire questions. Okay. Do I ask you? We can if you want to. Yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah, I do. Okay. What's happening? I don't know. <laughs> Number 17. Mm. Do you think you could live without your smartphone or other technology item for 24 hours? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, was easy. that sounds nice. Although I touch it a lot. I find myself... like, what, it's... Would you be allowed to touch it but just not use it? Like, <laughs> Could you get... Yeah, um, I could I leave know. it somewhere and do okay. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I think that would be a great day, too. Yeah. Like, when I uh, climbed stressed. Kilimanjaro like eight years... Or, Seven years ago, um, we had to go eight days without phones. Oh, heck yeah. And it was awesome, but we also like compiled this list of like 30 things that we were going to Google as soon as we got back to service. Because like, <laughs> you can't actually answer questions. You can't settle like disagreements like, well, you know, yeah. I think it's this. I think it's this. Let's Google it. Nope. Can't do that. So you said to like. That's awesome. And you can't I- even go to the library and look it up with the Dewey Decimal System or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Okay, what was your favorite game to play as a child? <sighs> so we used to play this game called Alligator. Okay. With my dad, which involved him <laughs> like crawling along the bottom of the shallow end of the pool. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we would stand on his back, my sister or on his back, my sister and I, and just ride along. That's and, amazing. Yeah. Never understood why he only could be down there for like a minute at a time. <laughs> Dad, we were done. Yeah. Um, just like playing that. 
As far as like actual game games, yeah. I was always a big fan of Balderdash. Is that the one where you like make up a lie? Yeah. You like make up a definition mm -hmm. or something? Yes, yeah, I also would be liked good at that. Risk. Played a lot of Risk for some reason growing up. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Can I read you know? Oh, Sardines was my favorite game. Ooh, Sardines is fun, actually. That's the opposite of hide and seek, yeah. right? Where we would get Way adults than hide and seek. involved in that. Because like really? one person hides, if you've never played Sardines, one person hides and they find a spot and then everybody as they find the person hides with them. So you, the, as the hider, you have to find a spot that everyone can fit. It's way less lonely too, you know? <laughs> You're playing hide and seek, it's like everyone's hiding in different places and like there's this sense of camaraderie. Like There's always, in hide and seek, there's always that person who's less popular in the group that people just accidentally forget. Oh, you were... the best hiding spot. <laughs> Later that week. <laughs> what is your favorite dessert? Ooh, man. I've I've been into like chocolate cake lately, which is weird. But cobbler usually, like a like a berry cobbler. The old cobbler gobbler over here. Mmm, indeed. That should be a euphemism. It isn't yet. I, now let's, it is. Let's work that out. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather? Yes. <laughs> oh, I think this this has extra words in it. Would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or to the future to meet your descendants? Ooh. That is tough. <laughs> I'm in a pickle. Um, pickle? Yeah. I would rather... I don't know. I guess, like, I would be more excited about going to the future sure. than yeah. the past. Yeah. But I would be more excited about meeting my ancestors than my descendants. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if they could just take a moment of augmented reality and throw your ancestors into the future. In the future. future sold. Smackdown. That is Game a movie. Set. Match. How do we mm. make that happen? That's well, the force just... back to the future. Or we go several generations yeah. of Marty McFly and then throw them into 100 years further in the future than he went. Yeah. <sighs> your cash cow has arrived. I mean, mm. our cash cow. Let's write that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. If you could hang out with any cartoon character, who would you choose and why? Oh my god. Is it Foghorn Leghorn? That's the like or is it Yosemite Sam? Who's the like farmer and farmer and like I don't know. The the like the the, the cursing character? Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. Okay. Oh, I said, I said, the rooster's funny. But then there's the, like, the just the bearded, uh, I think it's Yosemite Sam is the bearded, like, cursing. What cartoon is this? It was in part of, what is it, the Warner Brothers, Bugs Bunny World. Uh, uh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Both of them are funny. Yeah. We had, like. Western characters. We had very strict, like, TV watching hours growing up. Yeah. Didn't watch a lot of it. Who would you hang out with? It's a pretty decent it wasn't my question. Oh. All right, well, here's this last one for you. Okay. It would probably be Randy from South Park, though. Does that count? <laughs> okay. Randy from... Is that the... Which Stan, is the Randy? Stan's dad. Oh! Yeah. He seems fascinating. He does interesting things yeah. in the background. If, if I remember. <laughs> I love this question. Uh, what would be your superpower... And uh, why? 
I've actually said this before. Um, it would be the ability to never sleep or to have more hours in each day. Yeah. That is your superpower. Yeah, but I want even more of it. I want to, like, never sleep and be healthy, you know? Or, like, everyone else gets 24 hours. I get 48 hours per day. Yeah, yeah. Have you actually researched into life hacking techniques of sleep technique? Like, personal sleep deprivation? Well, there there are a couple sleep cycles that either allow you to do, like, a two-hour sleep and two 20-minute naps or something at specific times, or extend yourself to at least a 36-hour day and still remain healthy. Hmm. I also just read a conflicting study, which I will choose to ignore the results of this one because it doesn't fit with what your goals with my life. Yeah. So that's how it works, right? You just uh, I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Fake news, alternative Fake news. facts. But it basically demonstrated that if you for ten nights, if you get six or fewer hours of sleep, your cognitive ability is as poor as someone who has just stayed up for seventy-two hours straight. Oh, wow. But you don't notice it because you're not as tired. But your brain function actually, like, gets worse. Teenager brain. I mean... (laughs) Well, the decrease in function, it just... It may depend on how how much brain you have to start with, yeah? That's a a valid point. I did read another study (laughs) that demonstrated that your head size is directly proportional to your intelligence, so... Yeah. I don't right. know if you can tell. I actually, when we were thinking of fun things to do, I thought of this. This is the easiest. Like, oh, rapid fire at the end. I actually thought of doing a segment called, will this fit in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that you were going to be a guest. And I thought we could do a weird fun segment sometime and just have objects. <laughs> just figure out if we can fit this in John's mouth. <laughs> So head size, yes, mouth size, we need correlated to when, intelligence. When can I come back? <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do weird adventures at okay. some point. <laughs> <laughs> Will this fit in my mouth? Also, you can just take that. I mean, you were, you were already yeah. doing that pretty much. There was a series of John... Just pictures. Pictures of yeah. large things with mouth open. <laughs> with <laughs> mouth wide open. <laughs> yeah. Good time. Speaking Actually, of awesome bands. Those, right... Everybody copying them. That happened. <laughs> hey, by the way, do you know where this newfangled pop uh, weird-ass accent's from? You've heard it, right? Pop. Like, like the pop folk strange affectation uh, that yeah. we have. Can you trace that back? Because, like, people, you know, there was the Creed voice. Yeah. We know we can trace that back. Like the one uh, that does the, the like weird 90s. thing with the E's, like the... Yeah. Before That. What is that? Or uh. the fake appellation mixed with... Fake Brazilian, pretending that you were from the UK, taking on a southern accent. (laughs) I don't know who started it. I don't know, but you're right, it is prevalent. Yeah, there's the 90s yodel lady. Yodel lady. (laughs) Yodel lady. I I can trace that back. Everybody had it in the 90s that was the female vocalist. But this one, Regina Spector or something? I don't know. I don't know. It would be a a fascinating um, study. Well, if you bump into that person... (laughs) Just like send me a text. Okay. Should I do anything to the person? Like ask for an autograph, punch them in the face? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe like record them? Find out. Okay. How does this work? Where are you from? What's your mom like? What's your mom like? <laughs> what kind of perfume does she wear? What <laughs> can like she fit peaches? in her mouth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Let's finish on a mom joke. <laughs>
What can your mom fit in your mouth? <laughs> what can your mom fit in your mouth? I think that's what you... <laughs> <laughs> that that may not have been so much as a slip as a as a thing I just said. That just happened. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been Adrienne. Yeah, brilliant. And we did this. This is us doing this. I I hope that there's some. I don't know. Did you learn something? Did you grow today? Hmm? Tell me more. Tell me. I don't hear anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't hear any growing. It may have. It may happen for them over time. Certainly, lessons aren't needed to be learned from everything. It's true. Sometimes there's just pain. Yeah, and sometimes the lessons don't come in a timely fashion, you know? Everyone wants quick answers and quick fixes. Why did I have to go through this? Make it make sense. Yeah. Sometimes you don't figure that out till later, so. I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad I'm Very I fucking too. grateful. Thank you. Yeah. That was what I thought your superpower was to be stitched back together. <laughs> I mean, if I, actually, that's a good point. If my superpower were to fly, none of this would have happened anyway. <laughs> Should have gone with the four-year-old's answer. Like, hey, you want to fly? No, sleep's good. Like, no sleep. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your, your time. We're gonna, we're gonna do the wave. The theory is, oh, the theory is that uh, CJ's pushing the outro button. Oh, are those not supposed to go again? Huh? Now you're gonna ask the same question to your next guest. Maybe, it'll happen. Boring. Yeah, does this fit? Well, really <laughs> that's how that, that was like wandering <laughs> Thanks for joining us in this episode. Thanks for watching, listening, I don't know, reading, imbibing, however you took this in. Thanks for being here. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd, I'd love it if you would do all of the things. Uh, like, share, I don't know, ring a bell, bang a gong, tell a friend. And come back next time. I hope you had as much fun as I have.